Hello, welcome to another exciting edition of TalkScript. Uh, I'm Nick Nisi, hoy hoy, and I'm here with Tori Rice. Tori, how's it going? It's going. Um, I still have yet to come up with my own little catchphrase after my name, but um, <laughs> what if I just started doing a hoy hoy too, and everyone thought this was some kind of sailing podcast? That'd be amazing. Yeah, yeah. we could do it in yeah, the just pirates English. Amazing. <laughs> I can barely speak normal English. Let's not do that. Yes, same. <laughs> and with us today, we have two exciting guests. Uh, we have Kubi Kavechi and we have Titsian Chernikova. Uh, how's it going, guys? Hello. It's all good. It's going well. Yeah, yeah. thanks. Yeah, well, welcome to the show. Uh, so we are talking to you today about your exciting topic from TSConf 2021, which was the road to private methods. Uh, and you both are engineers at Bloomberg. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's that's right. Uh, I have been working at Bloomberg for for over five years now, and nice. and for the past few years, uh, I have been working on the on our JavaScript and TypeScript infrastructure and tooling that powers the the Bloomberg terminal. Nice, very cool. Yeah, uh, I've I've been with Bloomberg uh, a bit less, just one and a half years, uh, and and most of it still uh, under COVID lockdown. So I've I've been working remotely from Romania. But oh, nice. uh, I'm going to move to, to London uh, this summer, hopefully. Nice. And I think uh, off the call or before we started recording, uh, Kubi, you said you're in London as well? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in London. Nice. So we, uh, post-COVID, will you guys be able to work together in, in, yeah. The, in yeah. the same office? Yeah. That'll be, that'll be great. Yeah. What is post-COVID? <laughs> what is that going to be? Remember two weeks? We're just going to two weeks to stop the spread and we'd all be good. I think we misspelled weeks and years. It's a common time problem in in programming, right? It's a it's a common problem. Just got the time messed up. Yeah. So uh, you're both at Bloomberg, and I don't know a ton about uh, Bloomberg except that I think JavaScript is pretty important there. Um, if I remember correctly, you you have your own JavaScript engine that you maintain. Is that uh, pretty accurate? Uh, it's close i would say uh, it's not an engine but we kind of have our custom runtime uh, that's based okay. on other javascript engines such as spider monkey and, and chromium very cool yeah very and, cool. and javascript is definitely important here i mean we have like millions of, of lines of, of javascript code so it runs on on in the application on the back end it's it's basically everywhere so we're we're pretty big on javascript that's awesome and it's uh, apparent just based on the contributions that uh, Bloomberg gives back to uh, both TC39 and to uh, TypeScript. Uh, and that's kind of what we're here talking about today is, uh, I guess, a blending of both of those, right? The TC39 private methods proposal to uh, TypeScript, which has had privates before, but this is a little bit different. Do you want to get us started with um, the differences there? Sure. Uh, so starting from our contribution in I think March uh, 2021, we contributed the implementation of uh, two TC39 proposals to TypeScript. Uh, first of th these proposals is the private methods and accessors. Uh, so those are the private instance elements on the, on the classes. And then the second one is the static class features, which includes private static elements. So these features uh, were shipped in TypeScript 4.3 in, in May 2021. So uh, it's almost our first anniversary of our contribution. Time time flies. 
Yeah. It's, it's a toddler almost. Uh, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I mean, and you're right that TypeScript did have this, this private before. It had the uh, private keyword uh, and you could add for two classes. But while that was sort of compile time privacy, it wasn't actual runtime privacy. So at runtime, you could very easily get to those fields. You could just cast to any and uh, everything was, was right there. It wasn't uh, an issue actually getting to them. And with this language feature, what we're getting is actual hard privacy enforced at runtime. So you can just bypass it in any way. And actually sort of the funny thing is that that actually JavaScript probably has the most private privates from uh, compared to a lot of other languages. I mean, if you go to C Sharp or Java, you can use reflection. You can sort of get around uh, that private in JavaScript. At least at the moment, there's absolutely no way to to access it from within the language, uh, which is definitely a lot harder than than a lot of other languages. And so, uh, for those people who are not familiar with with this feature, I mean, uh, there's a syntactic difference between. Uh, regular fields and private fields in, in in ECMAScript classes, you have to use a hashtag in front of, uh, of the private uh, class element. For example, if you want a private field, you just prefix it. You use this dot hashtag, then field name if you want to, to access it. And you also have to declare it inside the class. I mean, unlike uh, public fields, which you can just add uh, on a whim to, to an instance uh, of, a, of a class, private fields actually have to be declared inside the class for them to work. And one thing that also makes them different is that they're only accessible within the scope of the class. So you can't have them access from even derived classes or from any other classes, just lexically scoped to that class. That private identifier does not exist in any meaningful way outside of the class. Very cool. So you have to define them before you can use them. You define them with the, um, the pound sign, the hash, hashtag uh, private, and then you can access them. Uh, how do you access them? Similarly to how you would access a public, you use, for example, inside the class, you use this dot uh, hashtag, uh, your, the name of, that you've given it to your, given your member, or not necessarily this, any, any instance of the class will, will also work. And that's actually also another difference. The object you're accessing actually has to be an instance of uh, of the class. It can't just be any object, even if you're inside the, inside the class. So you can't attach these private fields, at least not easily, to instances of, of other classes. Okay, yeah. So um, why is something like this important to bring to JavaScript and TypeScript? Because for most of its life, it hasn't had anything like this. And of course, TypeScript did have, uh, you know, private at compile time to just help with that. Well, I would argue that sort of that private thing is sort of a hint that the, the JavaScript community actually did need this. I mean, it wasn't added just on a whim by the TypeScript team. It was added sure. because people were actually demanding it. So the need was definitely there, even if it wasn't, uh, even if it, JavaScript didn't actually have that yet. Oh, yeah. I remember the, the de facto standards of underscoring your private methods and then double underscoring your really private <laughs> methods. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, I think those are the good good indicators of, uh, of the fact that we needed something like that. Uh, I think like almost every library out there had issues uh, because people started relying all, all on their internal 
uh, implementation <laughs> details and not respecting the the underscore the soft yeah. privacy there uh, so this this would turn into a big headache when when you wanted to change your implementation details and do an upgrade yeah and i have to confess i've been guilty of this and not only in javascript i've used private stuff in javascript i've used private uh, implementation details in c sharp and it's it's always a bad idea and i always know it's a bad idea but i still end up doing it sometimes so uh, <laughs> this definitely is you do need that barrier there to to keep people from shooting themselves in the foot too, too so often. basically your toddler of a feature here is the one putting the baby proofing out on all of the outlets and stuff <laughs> so is this is this smart that we're putting a baby in charge of this yeah, that's quite a reversal of roles for sure. But uh, yeah, I think uh, I think we're in good hands with with this particular toddler. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's fantastic. Um, sorry, I just completely had a brain freeze there. Um, it's Gosh, time for Nick's say... nap. Speaking of toddlers, Nick needs a nap. Yeah. Um, he's been working really hard. Um, is this... I have my first cold in two years, and it's it's 70 degrees out here now, 70 Fahrenheit, and it's been freezing, and I just have a cold now that it's nice, and it's awful. I have no idea what that means. I'm a Celsius guy. I I, I don't even have an inkling what, what that means. <laughs> I, I know, and, and I will say the metric system is better on everything except for temperature. I agree. <laughs> so... That and measuring people's height. I don't know. Centimeters are so tiny and I am much bigger than a centimeter. So putting all of my height into centimeters is bizarre. Split that up. I need the metric well, we foot. We use meters for heights as well. I'm one meter, 80 centimeters. It's not hard. But 80 centimeters is very, there's a lot of them. You know, I'm six feet, one inch. There's not a lot, you know, it's a very, you know, I don't need anyway. We're, we're not going to get in. Freedom units are the best units, except for most things like ratchet sets. I don't want to have to get a 980 seconds ratchet. I don't know. That's not a real thing. Don't at me. I know it's not real, but it could be. I think it's just a question of getting used to it. It's If you're born with, with one for system, sure. you're you're going to die in that system forever. Absolutely. That's why I like Canada. They, I think, actually, I think London has it too, right? Or England. They, don't they use a... Like gallons for gas, right? But everywhere else it's liters. Again, liters. Why? Like, I like gallons because it's like a milk jug. I know what a milk jug is. I don't buy a lot of liter things. Go ahead and at me at well, that. You know what? At me. Here, here the me cola is... bottle is two liters, so it's pretty clear to me. <laughs> <laughs> to to make it more interesting, we use pints for milk here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's about it's about twenty four Celsius where Nick is. That's that's about the right temperature. Thank 20s. you. Thank you for the quick translation. Um, yeah. So bringing it back to privates, uh, <laughs> one one thing that always sticks out to me uh, that I, I want to say that I've used before, maybe I don't want to admit that, is that uh, that old classic um, object on React, the do not use or you'll be fired. Uh, <laughs> that's very aptly named on, on in React. I don't know if it's still there, to be honest, but... Um, there, right, right there is a perfect indicator of why we would need privates. Um, but this is a big change coming to the language and also a big change coming to TypeScript. And 
So that must be important for Bloomberg, right, to invest the time into getting it implemented into um, the TypeScript language. Uh, can you talk about why it's important at Bloomberg? Yeah, sure. Uh, as you mentioned in the in the beginning, Bloomberg uh, has been building large scale applications in JavaScript for for a very long time. I think JavaScript was uh, introduced more than fifteen years ago, around like two thousand five, on the server side for writing the application logic. Uh, for the Bloomberg terminal. And this was at the time done through the embedding of SpiderMonkey, the, the JavaScript engine used uh, in the Firefox web browser. And for the last 10 years or so, it also became a viable option for building rich and complex and more interactive applications on the client side through the embedding of Chromium and, and V8. So we are definitely heavily invested in, in JavaScript and have thousands of applications running on it. And when running at this scale, uh, like true encapsulation, well, it becomes vital in, in our programs. So uh, at the time, obviously, JavaScript did not offer any features for true encapsulation. Uh, it didn't even have class declarations uh, at the time. Uh, so in our runtime, true privacy and encapsulation was achieved uh, by building a custom class system. Oh. And I think sort of this was sort of something that everybody was doing at some point, moment in, in, in JavaScript. I mean, everybody had their own class system and mm -hmm. most of them ended up being horrible long-term because since you didn't have support from the language, it was probably horrible from for, for a number of reasons. I remember I used to do XJS classes. I used to in this, this old framework and I just found the class system an absolute pain. And I think the one in Bloomberg suffers from, from very similar issues. Yeah, uh, I think it it has been working well to serve our needs, but it definitely creates uh, other problems. Yeah, definitely a shout out to Dojo Declare from the past. There is, yeah, lots of different class implementations. And I mean, it's all just like syntactic sugar on top of um, on top of prototypes, which it still is uh, with the built-in one. Um, but it is much easier and it's so nice to have like all coalesced around the one way to do it that's built into the language. That's why these standards are important. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, very cool. Yeah, and I think it helps everybody when you have sort of this one way to do to do classes because, I mean, even for us internally at Bloomberg, it's difficult to recruit people when you're telling them you're going to work on this very niche class system that your skills are probably not transferable anywhere else in the, in the ecosystem. Well, if you say, well, we're using the standards, well, that's something that is uh, a good skill to have no matter where you work. And it's much easier to, to recruit people on based on that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that recruiting is, is just one aspect, I would say. Uh, just because like the standard open source tools do not understand your custom class system, you keep hitting, hitting issues that uh, makes the developer experience very uh, not great. Uh, for example, with with TypeScript, uh, we had to like create TypeScript types that heavily rely on usage of generics to to be able to model this system, and mm -hmm. often we we hit the limits of the TypeScript compiler because like uh, those generics can be can be very brittle, which makes us very sensitive to to internal changes within the compiler. Like in in every upgrade, we we were a bit scared that it will it will break our uh, system that we built just to be able to model those custom class systems. 
Yeah, and, and I, I had uh, one one upgrade I particularly remember was sort of there was this we I mean you have classes that you sort of get a hierarchy of classes and the types work fine for one level for two levels for three levels but when you add that fourth level you suddenly get errors there and you sort of have to back backtrace it all the way back to the original definitions and you're not exactly sure what inside those is actually causing your this type is too uh, this type instantiation is too deep or whatever other weird error you're getting so it's 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 something that's also very difficult to debug and and maintain and mm -hmm. it was definitely something we were sort of eager to uh, to migrate away from because the TypeScript support, while we can achieve it, it wasn't it wasn't great for us. Man, it takes some real confidence to to do all this because I'm just hearing all this and thinking about what's involved. And man, writing software is hard, and I can see why there's so many systems out there like the old Bloomberg terminals that just run and they work, and people are like, "Don't touch it, don't look at it, don't even don't yeah, don't mess with it." Um, I can't imagine the amount of stuff going into that that you think, I feel real good about this. This feels, I feel confident and this feels great. That's, oh, there's an error. Yeah, no, it's going to take a few hours to debug this one. That's terrifying. <laughs> so as a, as a newly joined person, uh, sort of employee in Bloomberg, that was one of the things that I actually found refreshing because sort of you, you sometimes have this expectation that, you know, it's a big uh, corporation, you know, don't touch the working system. It's, it brings in money. Don't, it's absolutely fine the way it is. And that's exactly the opposite of what I found. I mean, the internally we are eager to move forward with the technology stack we're we're on. So, if it weren't for that, we would have stuck with the old class system. And you know, okay, it's not great for developers, it's not great for anyone, but it works. So let's just leave it in place. And that's the exact opposite of what uh, what we ended up doing. And I, I just think that's that's uh, definitely a good thing for us. Absolutely, yeah. There's a lot of like long-term benefits that come from keeping your code base uh, up to date with like the latest technologies. A, it's easier to hire because nobody wants to go work on the old stuff, uh, but people know the new stuff too. And it, it's just not necessarily, um, in my experience, like it's harder to get product to understand the benefits of it in the short term uh, because there's no no short term like changes for the user or, um, or to the product itself, but it, it definitely pays off dividends in the long run. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that's something that you, a lot of companies don't don't see, but it's it's definitely yeah. important to have that sort of long term thinking. Absolutely. So um, that's really cool. You basically got uh, time, like on Bloomberg time, to go implement this uh, this proposal or this feature for TypeScript. Um, what does that process look like at a high level? Like going off and contributing to TypeScript, uh, an open source project while working at Bloomberg? So I'd like to say that I have experience doing that as both sort of a completely independent contributor working on my own time and inside Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I think the process from the TypeScript side was pretty much the same. You know, we found an issue we wanted to contribute to. We wrote on that issue that, okay, we'd like to handle this so nobody else starts working on it because it, there's no reason to have to competing implementation for, for no good reason. Mm -hmm. And then we opened a PR and uh, I think that the TypeScript team were very responsive. Again, both if it's coming from Bloomberg or if it was just coming from me, a lowly uh, programmer in, in Romania, they were very helpful. They offered, they did a lot of reviews and uh, offered a lot of feedback when, when that was necessary. So there was a very good collaboration with, with the team. Uh, from the Bloomberg side, I think it was it's sort of, I, I came in Bloomberg, uh, like I said, a year and a half ago, 
and that's almost as soon as I came in, I started working on this feature. Uh, and that was sort of a great experience for me. You know, it was sort of uh, my dream job to just actually be able to contribute to, to TypeScript while while not having to take away time from from my 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 family life and and everything like that. So. I think there was there was a lot of support, and I think Kubi shares the sentiment that uh, we got a lot of support from our managers, and were very much encouraged to to do this. And ultimately, this was something that will eventually end up benefiting Bloomberg as well, because we are the ones who are going to to end up using uh, using privates, and the support in there is definitely going to to help Bloomberg uh, as well. And I mean, sure, we could have waited for somebody else to implement it, but you know, since we're going to be a primary uh, beneficiary of this why not do it ourselves yeah yeah absolutely it's a great investment back into open source that helps everyone so that's really cool really cool that uh you know they have that opportunity to do that and um, you also mentioned that you you've had a lot of positive experiences with with the typescript team that's fascinating though i wasn't sure how like how you you go about like basically having bloomberg assigned to that that piece Right, the the private methods. You just kind of it's called the exact same process that anybody would go through. Just comment on the issue, and again, for anybody listening who actually wants to contribute, I mean, don't start out with implementing some some huge feature. (laughs) It's probably not a good idea. But you know, if you look for for an issue that is good first issue, marked with good first issue or help wanted, definitely go go do one of those, and you will see that it's it's not it's nothing very scary. You just have to sort of announce it, do it, and uh, it will probably get accepted. What I do want to say is that you probably should uh, take one of these issues because sort of the TypeScript team is committed to actually implementing that at some moment in time. I mean, if you're going to sort of create your own esoteric feature, one with which might not align with the vision and the, the values that types, TypeScript is trying to, to maintain, then you might have a different different contributing experience. I mean, for example, if you're trying to implement, I don't know, some events in JavaScript classes, I'm just giving a random example, which doesn't have any specification in in JavaScript, and you're trying to add that JavaScript runtime feature, that's probably not going to get in. But anything else that the types that aligns with with what TypeScript is trying to do, I think uh, you you can contribute that if you want. So that means, Nick, you should probably shelve that whole WebAssembly thing you were working on and do not do that one. (laughs) I'm I'm working on rewriting it in Rust right now. Okay, good, good, good. Yeah, (laughs) I think more receptive there. Absolutely. I mean, if you wanted to do something like that, you could always do your own fork. And I think there's there's assembly script, which is sort of trying to do. compile TypeScript to, to WebAssembly, but mm-hmm. that's probably sort of a niche scenario and, and not for, for, for the faint of heart, so to say. Sure, absolutely. And to, to your, your point about just jumping in and contributing, I have looked at some of those good first issues and, and jumped in. I've never like been like, I'm going to do this because uh, my imposter syndrome has <laughs> taken over at that point. But uh, yeah, that's great that you have contributed and, and um, you know helped out everyone with, with um with your contributions. I think Titian um, had a uh, previous experience, but it, it was my first contribution. So I, m- I must say, even for a first time contributor, it's an extremely positive, a positive awesome. experience. Yeah. I have been, I've been surprised with how, like how accessible it was and how it, w- easy it was to contribute. Uh, there were like guides and presentations to, to familiarize yourself with the code base. 
the the test suite is is amazing. I usually uh, like make changes and see what breaks in the tests to to understand which part that I'm working on uh, or yeah. to find my way around the code base. And it was uh, scary to get into a code base like this, but uh, that was definitely the, the not, not a problem once once you go in. So it was very very nice. Yeah, yeah. That, that reminds me of I, something. I'm I still did. scared. Sorry, I'm still scared of that checker.ts file with, with I think it's up to 40,000 lines of code or something right now. It's definitely a stress test for the TypeScript service, language service inside Visual Studio Code. It's always yeah. funny to open that file. Do you know how insane it sounds, though? Like, it's like you guys walk up to a giant house of cards and you have a hammer and you're like, well, I'm just going to hit this and just see what ha- Oh, it all fell down. All right. Yeah. All right. I did that one wrong. I'm going to, let me try over here. Oh, nope. This one, yeah, it all fell down again here. Okay. Like it is hilarious. Yeah. That but that's, that's the beauty of software it development. It it's great. You, it's great. You can't do it like that because you just press a button and the house is back. So no yeah. harm. <laughs> exactly. It's great. Um, speaking of that, that, that reminded me of something that I saw uh, just recently, I think, and I'll, I'll try and find a link for the show notes, but it was a, a full repository by the TypeScript team just to help familiarize yourself with the code base and all of the different aspects of it. Um, like a little walkthrough, I think. I'll, I'll, I'll try and find it for the show notes. I think I did hear a discussion about them wanting to sort of have a version of the compiler that was sort of older, that is more sort of easier to understand because it doesn't oh, yeah. have all the complexity of the, the modern one because yeah. a lot of stuff has been added and it just it becomes impossible to reason about the whole thing in one gulp. But if you yeah. take out sort of conditional map types or all of the other goodness that was added recently, much easier to get your head around the, the core of it. Absolutely. Now, in terms, or it, as you were going through implementing this, uh, if I remember from your talk uh, at TSConf, um, you also found some bugs. Is that right? Yeah. And not not just in TypeScript, but uh, in other projects. Yeah. I mean, uh, we, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, obviously we we were looking into other implementations of this feature in, in engines or in other transpilers because it's a quite new feature and we mm-hmm. wanted to get inspired by them. And yeah, we uh, came across very edge cases, I would say. One interesting case we found in V8, the JavaScript engine, was was a crash when you use the compound assignment syntax, like plus equals, to a private setter. So it would invoke the private setter this 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 would cause a crash in the engine, which is interesting because a crash in the engine is probably the the last thing that they would want. They have some like fuzzy testing around that to generate random syntax and try to make it crash. Uh, it should mm-hmm. it should never crash uh, from a user input at least. Uh, we, so we we reported that issue. Uh, we ate team is, is extremely quick in fixing issues like this. I think this was patched in maybe less than 24 hours. Oh, wow. uh, so yeah, it was it was a nice feeling uh, to be contributing to to the whole ecosystem as part of our contribution to, to TypeScript. Yeah, and and uh, I found some issues in, in Babel, again, while getting inspiration, because, you know, if somebody's already built it, why not look at what they've done? Yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, but the issues weren't, I mean, one of them was sort of a very niche case where you were sort of instantiating the class 
while you were also defining it inside the static field. So that was sort of probably not a lot of people were actually doing that. And one was more like a, <clears throat> um, an error message. The code shouldn't work, but you are getting a completely unintelligible me error message, something about uh, get being accessed on undefined or something like that, which wasn't necessarily clear to, to anyone. But uh, again, the Babel team also was was very quick in fixing them. I think they were they fixed them again. I'm I'm not sure exactly of the time frame, but it was probably a couple of days. Wow, that's really cool. And that that makes me think about like this. You know the the actual feature. You know private methods does seem. Uh, fairly straightforward on the surface, but there is a lot to it. And there's a lot to the contribution that you would have to do, right? Because you would have to, I, I guess, like, I'm, I'm just curious what pieces y'all had to work on, or was it the whole thing from specifically like the language server understands this new syntax down to, you know, based on your tsconfig settings, this is how I'm going to transpile it back to a runnable version somewhere else. Um, did you have to like, implement the full gamut there? We definitely have to test the full gamut. I mean, a lot of stuff we were sort of expecting to work just because the, the language server is you reuses so much of the compiler, you don't actually have to do a lot of extra work most of the time. So that that just worked. And we were sort of building on top of, of a previous contribution by another colleague, some other colleagues at Bloomberg that actually already built private fields so since the language server already had an understanding and the compiler already had an understanding of hashtag identifier, it was sort of easier and we didn't have to do a, a lot of that. But on the other side, on the emit side, where you're transpiling to, to, to versions that don't support the syntax, definitely we had to do a lot of work there. And there were actually some very weird combinations of flags, especially with features that aren't actually part of the standard. For example, experimental decorators and privates, they couldn't really mix well because there's uh, there were just no semantics for, for how that should behave. It was just, you know, we could have implemented something, but it would have probably not been standard in any way. So we actually decided to err out on, on things that got too outside of uh, of what what the specification was uh, was designed to, to support. Hmm. So, but how yeah. tempting was there it was... to just implement your own thing that didn't support the standards? Because you're like, I could just knock this out right now and just do it. It'll work. Yeah. And it'll, I'll, I'll just move on. I even had, I even wrote some, some I even wrote some of the code. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. There's nothing. <laughs> developers are all the same. You, you know, you see it. You're like, oh, I'm just going to do this. I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to make it. I'll make it happen. And everyone will love it. It'll be the greatest thing ever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it was basically down to a decision. You could either do it one way or the other. You, you basically can flip a coin and decide which way, but either way, is it's not good. It's it, nobody's nobody spec this in any in anywhere. So people people will probably end up being surprised by by what you implemented down the line. So it was definitely a bad idea to. It would have been a bad idea to include that, but yeah, See, this is the difference between a junior and a senior been. developer right here. The, the, the senior developer writes the code but knows it's wrong. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you got the, you worked on the feature, you got it uh, accepted, the PR accepted, and it got merged into, into TypeScript and then became available in 
uh, aversion. So what is what does that mean coming back to Bloomberg and like actually using it? Um, what's the process of like going from the old method uh, that you were doing to this? And did they throw you a party and was there a cake and everything? Because I know you probably walked in the doors expecting, you know, people to pick you up on your you know, on their shoulders and carry you. And then you just kind of walk in. It's a normal day. So. There we were, had there sort were some of a, celebrations. A, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but but unfortunately, since we're not, we, we couldn't travel during COVID. So sort of like in front of Zoom, it wasn't. <laughs> we're still waiting for that grand party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, to, to your question about the process of using using a feature like this in Bloomberg, uh, TypeScript contribution was kind of like the last piece in the, in the puzzle to, to be able to start using this feature in, in Bloomberg. We are in kind of a privileged position. We have a, an amazing team working on the embedding of Chromium in our runtime environment, and they're keeping it uh, fairly up to date. So our software always runs on a modern version of V8 which means that we can start using okay. brand new features without having to transpile them. <laughs> uh, so thanks to that, like soon after uh, this landed in, in TypeScript, we were able to adapt the feature at scale and start the migration away uh, from our uh, legacy class systems. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and how did I you mean, do Go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I, I, was, I was just going to say to your point, it's all that we sort of that migration is still ongoing it's definitely not something that we've we've completed we have a, a very large number of classes that that use the old system uh what we actually chose to do is sort of to be data driven we actually built in metrics into into the terminal application to actually see what classes were the most used and where we could get the most benefit from from the conversion because uh, you know, not only was the old class system a pain to use for developers, but it was actually an order of magnitude slower than mm. than native uh, native private uh, native classes. So this was also a performance booster when when we actually did the migration. So, I mean, we are sort of in a privileged sort of position because our class system already had this concept of private, and they were actually runtime private. And I'm not going to go through exactly how that was achieved, but there was a runtime guarantee there that you couldn't access the, the pri our private fields from, from outside the class. So this made a sort of an apples to apples transition. Nice. I, I think for most people, this won't actually be the case, unfortunately, because if you're using underscore underscore private, removing that, that's going to be a breaking change for your clients. So that's right. that there's no way around that but for us while we did have sort of a convention to to name these these private fields they were actually guaranteed at runtime so we could help we could sort of help our developers to do the migration even with something like automated tooling and that was that was very important to us as well nice so like code mods being able to just go in and rewrite that yeah yeah exactly i mean um, internally, we call it, it affectionately, affectionately call it the class mod. It's yeah. uh, nice because it, it transforms classes. Uh, but yeah, it's we actually I worked a, a lot on on building that, and it's not a hundred percent safe. I mean, we even inside this sort of more curated form form of a class system, there are still places where you can't be a hundred percent sure what you're accessing because it still at the end of the day is JavaScript, <laughs> uh, but we had to make some decisions and some trade-off. For example, okay, if you're inside the method, we're going to assume that this refers to an instance of the class. 
Sure, it's not 100%, but most of the time it's probably referring to, to an instance of the class. But it gets more difficult when you're talking about function expressions and not the, the nice ones with the arrow, with the old syntax with where you have function, where mm -hmm. this is actually decided by whoever is calling you. So, okay, if you're accessing this dot private uh, member, are you are you sure that's a private member of this class and not somewhere else and this wasn't actually a mistake or something? And we converted those, but we sort of added comments, you know, big to-do comments where we explain, we think this is right, but please, 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 please check this before you actually ship because it, you might have surprises. So, yeah, yeah. it's... Uh, but generally, the, the experience using this sort of automated approach was actually very good for us, and and we have been able to to aid conversion. Um, it's also very nice. You can just click in Visual Studio Code. You just go. There's a light bulb. You click on it, and you just convert the class, and oh. your work as a developer is done. So, well, that's better than my idea. My idea was that every time you interview someone, that's just one of the interview questions: is can you convert this? <laughs> and then. <laughs> I guess yours is better. Yours is more ethical too, but <laughs> let's let's discuss this. <laughs> so I have to ask, without maybe getting into too much detail, like you you mentioned having metrics on like where making this change would have the most impact, and I'm just curious, is that like just something that's built around like those classes, or was it like logging from your your browser engine, or, or like how are you achieving that? This... If you can say. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, similar to, to to a logging system, this was okay. done through an uh, like an in-house telemetry system. Instead of a log, you just create an event when when those classes are instantiated or or used. Uh, so we we those those events were not in in place before. So we we create we set up the telemetry for this migration specifically, so that we have a good idea of what. Which classes we should target first? Which would which classes would have the most impact? Uh, we also use the same telemetry infrastructure to uh, find out about some like semantic changes in the code because some particular usage patterns uh, are not directly compatible with the the ECMAScript private element. So we were able to add some tele telemetry around that as well uh, so that we can determine those uh, before they become an issue. Nice. Yeah, and I think a good example of that was object.create because, spoiler for everyone planning to use private fields with object.create, you're going to have a bad time. <laughs> it's not exactly, it's not, it won't work the way it works with, with public fields. It's according to spec. There are reasons for that, but it's just not going to work the, work the way you, you first expected to. So that was some, that was a use case that for us was, was an issue. And we needed to, to make sure that nobody was actually using object.create with, with our old class system, because that would create, uh, end up creating issues at, uh, at runtime. Nice. Now, changing gears a little bit, um, I know that like this is just one contribution that Bloomberg has done for uh, JavaScript and open source. What are some other ways that uh, Bloomberg has contributed to to the standards? Yes, specifically around still that feature. Uh, so TypeScript was not the only project that we directly contributed to. We, me and some uh, one other colleague from Bloomberg, uh, we wrote the uh, test 262 tests for, for this feature, maybe almost 
two years ago. This is the official conformance test suite for, for ECMAScript. So JavaScript engines, uh, engine implementation will need to be uh, compatible with these tests. And so we, we started with that. We implemented uh, some of the features in, in Babel. We contributed to Terser, the JavaScript minifier, to support uh, private class elements, as well as to, to Acorn, the JavaScript parser, uh, to add that. Uh, so those are those were our contributions around the private class elements, and there are obviously other things that is still going on. Uh, for example, uh, Robin Ricard and Rick Button from Bloomberg uh, are the champions of the records and tuples proposal, uh, which uh, introduces deeply immutable data structures uh, to JavaScript, and many many people uh, are excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's... I think we also have uh, a lot of, of uh, sort of, we have a partnership with Igelia, which also does contributions and, and, and to, to JavaScript standards and to JavaScript implementation. Implementations in our partnership with, with them uh, also helped, uh, for example, improve the performance of, of private fields in, uh, in uh, uh, JavaScript engines. So I think that's also very important work that, that while not directly done by Bloomberg, definitely is is sponsored and and helped by Bloomberg. That's awesome. Um, well, thank you for giving back uh, these wonderful features, implementing them. Uh, I have not had the opportunity to use private fields yet, uh, mostly because most of the JavaScript or TypeScript I'm writing right now is functional React components, um, where we're not using too many classes, uh, but we do do some on the back end with uh, with Nest.js classes. So that might be in my future and I'm very excited about it. Uh, so thank you. And, and as we close off here, um, I'm just curious if each of you could tell me maybe your favorite feature in TypeScript. It doesn't have to be private methods. I was gonna say that would have been an easy one. Uh, mine, <laughs> boom, mic down. <laughs> um. I guess there are many great features in TypeScript, but there is one recent improvement uh, that made me so happy. So the TypeScript compiler uh, has been able to narrow types based on what's called a, like a discriminant property. For example, yeah. you would have a kind property as a discriminant on your object and some other property on the same object would change based on, on that, the type of uh, type would change. So starting with TypeScript 4.6, which is actually released today as we as we record this, uh, the control flow analysis is now able to do the same narrowing when those properties are destructured into a const declaration. Yeah. Sometimes that is the more like idiomatic way uh, to to write JavaScript, and uh, it's it's great to see TypeScript is trying to uh, be compatible with that. Yeah, absolutely, uh, yeah, someone who's writing feature. a lot of React. I'm very excited about that feature. <laughs> I I fully agree with with, with that. I, I I don't know if it's my favorite feature, but it's definitely the one I'm most excited about right now. Yeah. And also the fact that you can use them in in parameters as well, uh, mm -hmm. and it will narrowing will still will still work. I actually recently tweeted about uh, about about that. Uh, other than that, I don't know. I think conditional types were were a revolution in in TypeScript. I think that's definitely still the the feature I use the the most sort of when answering weird TypeScript questions and it's still my my favorite one and I think it's what makes TypeScript the TypeScript type system in, absolutely incredible. 
Absolutely. hundred percent. Well, I want to thank you both for coming on uh, today and talking about private methods and how Bloomberg is contributing to uh, open source and to TypeScript and uh, what else was there? V8, Babel, um, and other projects. So uh, thank you for that. Thank you for joining us. And um, definitely we'll we'll have links out to uh, to reach you both on, on the internet. If you have asked a question on Stack Overflow or on Twitter about TypeScript, uh, there's a good chance that Titsian has responded to you <laughs> or answered that question. So thank you for that as well. Yeah, and I'll definitely and, uh, make sure to think about you guys next time I'm doing trading on my Bloomberg terminal. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank thanks. you very much thanks for having for... us. It was it was fun. Yeah. Thanks for having us. All right. That's the show. Thanks so much for listening. You can find us online at talkscript.fm. You can subscribe or follow the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods casted to. The theme music is by Rabbit at rabbitheband.com. Gonna see where the day goes Take it fast, take it real slow We got a good day